This is episode 19 of Collector's Quest. Cat and I talk about homebrews, repros, and pirates. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Cat here with Johnny. Hey, Cat. How's it going? It's good. Good morning, and uh, how are you today? I'm good, but good afternoon to you. Oh, uh, yeah. My morning, your afternoon. Yeah, it's, it's all good. It's a little bit of time change, but no, I'm I'm good. It's um, a million degrees below here, so I'm having a feeling that the weather is probably better where you are. It's going to be like 80 degrees today. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you can take that. I friggin' froze. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been, I've been sweaty. Like, I walk at lunch and I've been hot and stuff. It's fun. I wish it was a little bit colder. Oh, well, I guess it's good now. We're inside. We get to chat about gaming stuff. I can pretend I'm on a beach. Okay, you do that. I'll actually pretty much be on a beach. I don't have to pretend, but I'll wish I was in a frozen tundra. Like Okay, that, that makes me feel better. Okay, so what are we talking about today? Well, today we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about homebrews, reproductions, and bootleg games. Bootlegs and pirates, those kinds of things? Yes. Where we're talking about the unofficial games that somehow find their way into collecting? Yes. Okay, cool. That sounds good to me. Uh, I think it's kind of a, an area that some people have questions about, or there are some fairly strong opinions about, so it'd be kind of an interesting topic to, to discuss and kind of get to voice our opinion on certain aspects of it. Yeah, I agree. And one of the things I know we touched on that we want to talk about is our point of view on this and not not simply from a is it right or wrong but we're looking at it as uh from a collector's point of view we're not looking into the legal aspects of it we're not we're not investigating copyright laws over several different countries uh we're talking about simply as hey as a collector what is this to me is it a thing is it something i should be aware of you know and what are the definitions of these items because sometimes people lump Pirates, homebrews, repros, um, they, they lump them all into the same category sometimes. And there, there is crossover, but there is also a, a pretty fine line of difference between each one of these categories. Yeah, and I, I think that's a really good point. And I think it's something that um, there's a lot of differing opinions of if it's okay or to what degree is it okay. And, and uh, yeah, so it would be interesting to kind of discuss it and talk about how we feel about it because, you know, there are... There are different facets to it. Right. And um, also, you know, we're we're just collectors. So um, there may, you know, some of this is going to be a case by case basis as well. So we're going to give kind of a a sweeping view of what we feel. And then, you know, there may be some exceptions in there. And, you know, we're also not the morality police. So we're not here to tell you not to do it. We're just giving our thoughts on it. Yeah, exactly. And your thoughts don't have to be the same as ours, by no, any means. <laughs> no, in fact, uh, a healthier conversation is if it's not, then we can we can discuss it. Yes, I think that is a very good point. So in all of that, which, uh, which of those three things would you like to start with? Well, I think the easiest to talk about is repros. Uh, okay. So reproduction games and what those are. And yeah. so a reproduction is, uh, you know, it can be many things. It can be a game that has not been released in this territory uh like we see a lot of that mother three is one so it had it never had a u.s release so what some people have done is they've created a copy of it uh with a fan patch uh to translate it into english 
and then released it here in a cart form on GBA. And that that's a a reproduction of a of a game. Now, is that okay? Is is that are we crossing a line because that is someone's intellectual property? Yeah, if you want to go down that line, yeah, you are taking someone's intellectual property. However, it was never sold here, so we're not really taking anybody's money. Uh, and that's kind of the line for me. I, I like to keep my repros in that realm rather than a reproduction, which could also be somebody taking a, a game, an expensive game, say stadium events, and then making a copy and then, you know, being like, oh, you can't afford this. So here's one. Now there are there are some fine lines here, right, Cat? Like Oh yeah, it, definitely. If it says reproduction on it, you're not trying to scam anyone. You no. are you're letting everybody know that this is a reproduction item and you know you've altered the box in some way, so anyone who looks at it, picks it up, can tell that this is this is fake. This is not meant to be the the authentic copy. Right. And I, I think that's a, a really good point because you know, I, I agree with games that we didn't get here, or especially games that might not have been in English that we wouldn't have the chance to play. I think it's a really neat way to be able to play some of those games because there are some good ones. But I do agree when it comes to reproductions, I like to see repro on the label um, because then it it's right off the bat. Somebody sees it. They know it's it's not the real thing. I think my biggest problem with the reproduction is I wouldn't want to see one passed off as as the real thing. Right. And some people will put themselves on a on a moral high ground just straight up no, this is not something that should happen because they want to avoid this. Some people are more in our realm where they're okay with it as long as it's being called out and but everyone I think can agree is when someone is doing it to be deceptive you know, when their intent is uh, malicious or to make money uh, off of your lack of knowledge, that's when we we don't like it. That's when it crosses a line and you start hurting the community. Some repros are awesome and, you know, you just get the opportunity to build your library and get things that you wouldn't otherwise. I have a bunch of RPGs for Super Nintendo, a bunch of great Genesis games. I have about 40 repros, uh, maybe more, maybe more like 60 now. Um that I that I really like, and you know, people do a a really good job of making them. Like cat, uh, you know, rose colored game. Like you've been to their site. They they did a lot of cool stuff. Oh, some awesome stuff. Yeah, and I mean, they do more than just like repro games. Too, you know, they make stands. They make they do all kinds of things. Um, and this kind of lives in that world. So rather than just taking a hard line and us saying, no, we hate this. Don't don't do it. They do offer something valuable to the community. Um, in, in a different, in a different area, at least for collectors, you get sometimes custom paint jobs on carts, manuals, like you get some interesting box collections that you wouldn't have otherwise seen. So there, there's value in this world of reproduction, um, that you wouldn't otherwise get that you couldn't get just from collecting uh, a, a licensed set in your territory, right? Right. And they almost become a, a, a different facet or a different section of your collection. Oh, absolutely. In fact, mine aren't really mixed in anymore. They're just kind of, they're put on their own little shelf together. Yeah, which is kind of neat because you, like you said, and that's a really good point, some of the the neat artwork on the carts or the the different boxes or the display setup really makes it, you know, a, a real collector's piece. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I know some people who 
who are pretty much tired with traditional collecting, and all they do is cor- collect uh, repros now, and, and you know, custom games and homebrews and things like that. So now we said homebrew. What's a homebrew, Cat? Can you tell me? A homebrew is a game that somebody has made themselves as opposed to it being a reproduction so it's not necessarily a game that was available just in japan it's something that somebody is actually creating right it's it's a new game created from the ground up like something you might see on um ios like something like pure solar is a game that was created right um i i I don't know if you call that like completely a homebrew i don't know if they used any artifacts or anything from Another system, but there's a game called Study Hall on the Genesis. I think it was also released um, on the NES uh, independently. That's you know these aren't games that were ever sold. They were created now, in, you know, in, a, in many years after the the console's natural life cycle is old over. Yes. Uh, right. These are people creating new products. It's not, and I think we should delineate from what a hack is because you may play something like Hyper Metroid. And Hyper Metroid is a hack of, you know, they're using elements from a game that already exists. They're taking Super Metroid and they're twisting it around and they're using all of the artifacts in that game to create a new game. A homebrew doesn't do that. A homebrew is completely authentic. A hack is kind of in its own world, leans more towards reproduction, but it's not a full reproduction because that game was never sold. And that's why, that's why this stuff is confusing, right? Because kind of these things blur the lines a little bit of where they lay yeah no i agree like there's a lot that i don't know about it and it's interesting to talk about it and think about it and really you know find out where the line is because i've heard some people you know get a homebrew confused with a hack and it's really easy but i guess like you said the best way to to differentiate is the fact that it is something totally new so you could make a brand new 8-bit game for instance yeah, and people are doing that. And there's been a lot of Kickstarter funds that are are doing this. Like I don't know what you'd call Mighty Number no. Nine now. If you've heard of Mighty Nine, forget the exact titling of it, which is essentially made by the guy who did the original Mega Man, and it's a Mega Man, you know, style game. Have you heard right. of this one? No, I haven't heard of this one. Okay, well it's coming out. Uh, now it's going to be out on the Wii, and it's getting a physical release on the Wii U, PS4, the Xbox One. But originally it started as a, a Kickstarter and it was going to be like a download game. And, you know, I, I paid in early to get a card of it, you know, so I could play it on Super Nintendo or, or I'm not sure if I can play it on Super Nintendo or if it just comes in the shell. But this was a game created from the ground up. Now it, it reached such a level where it's a full production going to be a retail game. That's the other thing about a homebrew. It's not a retail release. It didn't go through a, a full retail uh vetting like it didn't get graded it wasn't you know put through a packaging factory it was probably hand done you know by a a small group of people they can be very professional but there's definitely there's a to become a retail product there is a process and a legality attached to that that word and some people they don't like to get into that but you know to be a retail item there are a specific set of check boxes you must reach and a homebrew oh, for sure. and a homebrew game wouldn't do that even if it was sold you know like in an Etsy store that's not the same thing and what i think is cool about homebrews is uh, from a creative perspective i think it's really neat that somebody can come up with an idea and create it and make it 8 bit or 16 bit or function you know like mo- uh, something on a modern day console i mean there really are endless um 
options of things that can be created. And as a creative person, I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I feel, and you can tell me if you feel differently, but I feel like repros, hacks, and homebrews definitely, they add, they they add more than they than they take away, right, to the hobby. They add to the community. I think people get invested in the projects, you know, people want to see this kind of stuff. Um, but I think a lot of times repros especially get a bad rap because the people who are, you know, they're trying to trying to scam people. Yeah, for sure. Now, to kind of flip things around, um, on one hand, we've kind of said that, you know, especially for games we didn't get here or that weren't, you know, in our, our language, so we obviously wouldn't be able to play them even if we had a copy because we wouldn't understand them. But there is one reproduction that you and I both have that is a game that was released here, um, albeit hard to obtain, um, so that we're kind of going to be a little bit controversial here because we said one thing and now we're going to flip the other way. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. We're going to be, we're going to, we're both hypocrites in the, in this area. Um, yeah. but like we, like I said, there's a fine line and we kind of described what we want. What is that game though, Kat? Stadium events. <laughs> okay. Does your stadium events have repro written on it? It absolutely does. That was one thing that I insisted when getting it made is I wanted it to say repro on it. I always tell people um, that it is a reproduction um, and I'm, I'm fine with that. It, it's a space holder. It's a game that um, apart from being hard to come across is, is very expensive and I feel like that's money I'd rather invest in filling out other sets of my collection. How about yours? Does yours say repro? It sure does and it has... Uh... The maker's name where the Nintendo seal should be, because I got mine from Time Walk Games, who is a maker of uh, some nice repros uh, awesome. back in the day. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's to me that's okay. And and one thing is, is if if it was a game that was an obtainable price point, would you have the actual game? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And Stadium Events is kind of a special case. Both of us, we never say that we have a complete NES set, right? You never say, I have a complete Nintendo set with stadium events, right? Yes. That's not no. something you'd say? No, no, absolutely not. When people ask, how many Nintendo games do you have? I never say 677. I have 676, and the one I'm missing is stadium events. Yeah, I say that same thing I say, but I have a repro for stadium events. It doesn't count. It's just a, it's just a space holder, so I don't have a gap in the collection. Yeah, and, and to me, for my personal feeling, I feel like that's complete for me. Not that it's actually complete, but for me, it's good enough with the reproduction. It holds the space. To me, it's complete. Yes, uh, but that's never that's never something we're advertising, and that's kind of the point. And people, that's where people get a little sticky. You know, it's all about how upfront you are and, you know, and if you're trying to be purposely confusing or deceitful, that's that's where I think people have gotten such a bad taste because there's been some really big instances of people making uh, repros. And we should touch on uh, that repros can go beyond just a full game itself. There's reproduction labels. Yes. You know, there's reproduction boxes. Like right now, I just got Super Copa uh, okay. for the Super Nintendo. And I got the Playtronic version, so the one from Brazil, South America. And I don't know if my label on it is real. It looks like it. Maybe it's cut a little funny. Also, I'm unsure, though, if, you know, maybe that's just how, like, the the factory down there, how it came. Because 
that game that game is under it's a weird one right because there is two different versions of the box for super copa there's the regular one which has like the american warranty card uh and then there's this one which both have english on the box and but they weren't really we're not really sure if they were released completely in america so it's it's kind of like a weird game but the label feels a little different so i'm wondering if and the cart looks a little too new so i'm wondering if i have a reproduction shell and then a reproduction label but i've checked the board and the board is 100 percent legit Okay, so let's say it was a reproduction cart and a reproduction label. How do you feel about that? I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, I and this literally just happened yesterday. We talked about doing this episode uh, before this even happened, and I was like, I got this yesterday. I was just like, okay, I don't even know what this area is called. Like, how? What do I call this game? Like, if it's in a fake shell, I, you know, and doesn't have the right label, do. I mean, I would just keep it, I guess. The box is legit. Maybe try and find a legit cart for cheap and then sell this one and then uh, state that it is, in fact, you know, reproduction label, new shell, uh, original board, and show a picture of the board. That's yeah. why I'd probably try and get rid of it that way just because, again, the game isn't so expensive where I don't feel like I shouldn't have the authentic parts. But I, right. could, al- I could also be wrong. Uh, it might not be that. And I've, I've asked some people, and I put it out there, on a forum for people to take a look at people who have maybe more experience with the Playtronic version than I do. Cause this is the first time I've ever actually held or seen a copy. This may just be the way they are. Okay. Well that's, that's fair. But, uh, and I think that's good cause that falls back into line that, you know, for um, an inexpensive game or not super expensive game or even a, you know, expensive game, which is still in an achievable price point, you know, probably would opt still for the real thing. Yes. Um, but with this label thing, this is kind of a new insidious thing that is is happening. Um, maybe not so new anymore, but like, uh, I'm going to say this wrong, but Hagani or Hagane, however you personally choose to say, I'm not sure which is the actual correct pronunciation for Super Nintendo. I've seen a couple, because um, they get these really bad labels and have notoriously bad labels. And people are putting reproduction labels, they're scraping off the old labels, or, you know, they'll buy a game for cheap with a torn label on it. Yeah. They'll clean it and then put a fake label on it to sell it for more money. And again, we can go right back to why this is bad, because you are trying to deceive someone. Yes. Right? If you sell it, even stating, like, and here's the problem, even people who fully state this is a reproduction... Like if you look on eBay, it still it still feels a little shady in a lot of these auctions because they've got it priced high. They make it look like the original, and they're like, "Oh, but this is a repro." Like in small print down in their auction description, you know, yeah. it's just about how honest and upfront you're being. And I feel like, you know, this is the problem with repros. This is why they get a bad rap and why people, you know, people are upset. And this is why we can't have nice things is because someone is out there trying to take advantage. Yeah, and I think that's a really good way to put it. I mean, um, some time ago I had seen a couple local ads um, that had an authentic cart but had a reproduction box and they were kind of trying to pass it off as, you know, possibly being a real box. So it's the same thing. Things like that just aren't good. You know, it's no problem to have a reproduction box but have it say repro on it and, and state that. So somebody knows what they're getting and doesn't pay a lot of money for something that's not worth it. Right, and and no one has a problem with like um, the the big clamshell boxes that have like the art in it, even yeah. though that's essentially a reproduction 
box. You know, because it cannot be confused with the original, no one has any issues with it. Right, and, and and that's true. They are a very, you know, they look great, they display really nicely, but you're right, you can't mistake it. Right, and that, again, we come back to where it is, and I think what the whole conversation centers around is if you are trying to take advantage of someone and mislead them, you're a dick. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that to the community. They, If they find out, they will hoist you up and they will put you in a pyre and watch you burn. Yeah, I, and I think that's it's really just a really crappy thing to do, and especially if, especially I'd hate to see it happen to somebody who maybe didn't know a lot, um, enjoyed playing games, and who started collecting and and didn't know the difference um, because we all learn as we collect and know more things and things like that. That would be a really crappy thing to have happen. Well, and that's the people they're preying on, right? You yeah. might get some uh, collectors who've been doing it longer. I don't want to say mature, but people who've been collecting longer. But more people are collecting retro gaming every day, and that's why we felt this topic is important and why we want to put the information out. So if you are a newer collector, you know, hey, make sure you are make sure you're taking a look at this thing. And again, you might not you might not care at all. You might just think all of this is fine and you can go do whatever you want. And we're we're totally okay with that. That's not our point of view. But, you know, do as you will. Uh, But we don't want to see anyone who doesn't know yet be taken advantage of. Because this is something that is more prominent. When I was starting to collect, this wasn't really an issue. Uh, this right. is an issue that's cropping up and people are getting better at it, you know. So we're seeing higher quality reproductions all the time, which is great when we talk about in the way uh, we like it, which is these uh, unique projects and we're seeing like some cool, cool designs and stuff come out. But it's also bad because it's getting harder and harder to tell the fakes apart. Yeah, and that's true. Things, you know, better printing, better manufacturing, and that's a really good point. And as prices have risen and retro gaming has got more, you know, to be a very interesting hobby for a lot of people and people continue to do it, uh, I think there's more and more that we're going to see people try and pass reproductions off because the value of these games, it's, you know, it's, it's getting higher. Right, and that's what it comes down to. Um, reproduction wasn't a problem when games weren't expensive. In the sports card world, I know that this is something they deal with in comics, too. Uh, you know, and now it's made its way over to video games as it's becoming uh, a more legitimized hobby, a bigger hobby. This is happening more and more. And people, you know, unfortunately, if anyone sees an area that they can take advantage of people to make a buck, just uh, the nature of the world is that the, this will happen. Right. So. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a really good way of putting it. And I think it's just important to, you know, be really careful. I mean, a lot of people are hopefully very careful when they buy an expensive game. I know I'm very careful when I buy an expensive game because I, I, I hate to be hesitant, but I am hesitant and I want to make sure what I'm buying is actually what I'm buying. Oh, absolutely. That's why I just got the Super Copa and I've been asking, you know, people just, just to make sure. Um, you know, just like I, I'm these these things happen now. So, you know, do your due diligence and protect yourself because there are people out there who are who are jerks and they will they will take advantage of you. Yeah, I, I think that's a good thing to put out there. And, and uh, regardless how you feel about reproductions or not, even if you don't like them or you do like them, still a good thing to, you know, keep your eye out for when you purchase something. Yep, I agree. So. That's our kind of our quick take on it. Um, 
let us know how you how you guys feel about it. I, I'm curious to see it because I know some people are just hardcore. No, absolutely not. And maybe you have reasons that we didn't touch on. That's the other thing. Kat and I only have our purview, and we would like to hear more of what you guys think. Yeah, and, and certainly. And as far as you know, our reproduction aspect comes in, our views are somewhat aligned because of the you know the actual reproduction we have of stadium events and things like that. So it would definitely be interesting to get other people's takes on if they've incorporated them into their collection or how they've done it or how they feel about them. Yep, I agree. And then I want to drive us to one more point. Uh, pirate games, which we didn't talk about. Right. And what those are. Pirate games. Okay. So when when you hear pirate, you think, oh, illegally downloading. And But there's also like this brand of Russian pirate games where they take a game, and this it's kind of like a hack, where they take a game that already exists and then they like take a popular property and apply they make some sprites and some backgrounds and they just slap it over a terrible game. You know. Right. Uh I just bought two that are hopefully on their way soon. Um and I know they're fully awful and they're nothing like it, but uh they're they made one for Harry Potter uh one and two, uh so Sorcerer's Stone and Chamber of Secrets on the Genesis. And mm-hmm. uh one, the two games don't look in the art style. Don't look anything like the sprites are all are horrible. They don't look anything like a Harry Potter game. Uh, but you know, someone made a, a sprite with a, a kid with dark hair and glasses, and uh, gave him a wand and, and some robes, and uh, called it Harry Potter. And then they they make an art, a label that has Harry Potter on it, and they're like Harry Potter on the Mega Drive. Like you can find Lego Batman on the Mega Drive or Genesis. Uh, which is like a, just the worst looking game you've ever seen, but pretty funny. I mean, it's funny that they exist, but they are a whole brand of something else. They they don't really exist. I I don't know too many people who absolutely love pirates. Like I pick up a few uh, for talking points, and because just I want to see what they are, I explore them uh, for my own personal uh, information. But I don't have any illusions that they're good or anything. Right. Yeah. And and that's an interesting point. Like when you mentioned the the uh, Lego Batman one for Mega Drive, uh, when I went and looked at that, I just I had, you know, I, I knew they existed and stuff like that. But I didn't realize, I guess, the extent they existed, too. Oh, yeah. They're they're all over the place. And here's the other thing. Like, I think people like kind of like to collect uh, repros because some people do a really nice job on it. pirates. People aren't necessarily doing a nice job. on. You know, they this is a pretty low-budget, shitty affair that they're doing. Right. It's not the best aspects of creating something that's either a really cool collector's item or a new game from the ground up. It's like, how quickly can we slap this together and pass it off as something that's popular? Right. And I don't know, you know, I don't know who the audience is for because I don't think you're deceiving anyone. I don't think anyone believes that Lego Batman happened on the Genesis. So I don't think you're tricking anyone. So I'm not, you know, I'm not sure who the, this audience is for. A lot of these come out of Russia. I think they're really funny. And then the last thing is pirating in general. So this is this is kind of a tough point, right? And this is kind of where some arguments fall apart. Is it okay to pirate games? I don't believe so. But then what's the difference? You know, I don't think you should go download a ROM of a new game and play it and take money out of a publisher's pocket right now because, especially out of a small publisher, or they won't be able to make games. In fact, right. I... Um, you know, personally, I don't even think people should buy used games from GameStop, okay? Uh, and I'm they, that's a pretty controversial opinion. I know kids want to keep it cheap, um, but I'm talking about new games. Like Wii games, things that are out of, out of circulation, 
360 games, sure, whatever. I'm talking about like Xbox One, PS4, and Wii U games. And the reason I don't think that, is, you know, maybe from EA, go ahead, because screw EA. But like a little publisher, small publishers, um, you know, if they don't get that revenue sale, like on a new title, then they make less games. And that, I feel like, hurts gamings and it homogenizes gamings into just the Call of Duties of the world. And right. it's not like I don't enjoy a Call of Duty once in a while, but that's not what I want all games to become. I don't want, you know, everything just to be, if it doesn't sell a billion copies, that they can't make it. You know, so right. I think, uh, you know, that hurts smaller publishers. So, And I think that's an interesting point that maybe hasn't been thought about. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't blame anyone uh, for buying used games at GameStop. I You know, uh you're you're valuing your money and versus valuing um you know these people who you perceive to already have money and are a big company you you assume um so i mean that's a hard line to to separate so i'm not going to tell anyone don't I, I just say i personally try not to do that for right. me unless unless it's like i can't find it if they don't sell sell any more copies of the game then you know you do what you got to do um but as far as downloading roms for old games and then like applying them you know, to, uh, you know, patching them on to old carts to give us English copies of games we didn't have here. Like, is that really different? It's different only in the sense that I don't feel like you're taking money away from anyone. Right. So, anyways, that's, I mean, I can see, and I can see why people would have a problem with this whole line of argument. So, if you fully object to what I just say, totally understand. Don't blame you. Uh, but it's a, it's a fine line. Yeah, and I, I think that's a fair point. And obviously, we're not all going to have the same opinions. It's just nice to discuss a topic that, you know, maybe gets a little jumbled together. Yeah, it, it is. There's a lot of gray surrounding this. I wish we could draw clear lines and be like, hey, this is right. This is wrong. Um, some people have and some people feel like it's just that way. I disagree. Hence, we're having the conversation. Yeah, it's a, for, for you and I, it's not black and white. No, absolutely not. So I think we can go ahead and table that. Like to hear your guys' thoughts on it, but let's uh, let's start winding down. And Kat, why don't you tell me what you've been playing? Well, I've been kind of mulling around in the game room and all over the place. I've been playing um, a little bit of. I'm still working on just about to the end of Sticker Star. I've been um, muddling through a little bit of Bravely Default on the 3DS. Still kind of been off and on. Other than that, it's been mainly pick up a game that I can play for a little while. Um, Pop Kirby's Adventure in the NES a little while ago. Just things that uh, have been quick plays and I can kind of come and go with. Uh, I haven't played anything consistently. I feel like I'm on the hunt for a game that I can get into and will keep my attention for a while. Yeah, I I understand. You've also been pretty busy, so you can't you don't have the time to commit to like a full full gaming ses- session at the moment, right? No, I wish I did though, because I feel like I'm I'm missing that, and I want to get invested in something that I I really can kind of just focus on for a little while but hopefully that'll come in the next couple weeks what have you been playing uh i'm still playing castlevania harmony uh uh, for the gba i'm playing it on the wii u and i'm also playing life is strange on the ps4 uh it's also available on the xbox one it was like a download game uh that they packaged up i bought the special edition of that it's not uh it's not a real skill intensive game it's a you know, a choice-based game, more like you see that with some puzzles. 
So right. I've been enjoying that. It's been pretty entertaining. Um, I feel like uh, some of it is definitely I'm maybe too too old an audience for that game a little bit, but I'm okay. still still liking it. Oh well, that's good. So it's always good to try new things. So I'm I'm hoping uh, tomorrow with Valentine's Day that I will get some chance to just kind of kick back and play a little bit of video games. Oh yes, I are you hoping hoping that that's in the cards? Is that a good Valentine's Day date for you, Cat? Uh, yeah, I'd like to do some other things and you know leave the house other than just play video games. But it would be nice to be able to to kick back and play a couple things, whether it be you know older retro games or just some Borderlands Two. I'm fine either way. <laughs> so you'd like John to wine you, dine you, and then Nintendo sixty four you? Yes, that is the perfect way of putting it. Yeah, but it probably okay. won't be N sixty four because John hates it. <laughs> well, yeah, true. He won't even play Mario Kart with you. Uh, no, because I always win. Oh, ouch. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> if, you know, I could probably convince him too, but he won't win. <laughs> Is that fun for you? Do you make him play because you know he'll lose? Um, no, I actually make him play it because I enjoy it. I have lots of good memories, but I do think it's hilarious when he does lose. Oh, okay. That's just like an added bonus. Yeah, it's just like an added bonus. I'm not one of those people. I don't get really vicious when I lose a game or I'm not like, ha ha ha, you suck. Okay, well, that's nice of you. Yeah. It's nice that you don't give him the rubbins afterwards. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, it will be uh, some form of gaming tomorrow, nonetheless. Okay, so you heard it here first. This is how how Kat likes to spend a a Valentine's Day. I know, very obscure, right? (laughs) Yeah, uh, well, my Valentine's Day plans are very adult, and uh, I don't even know if I can get into into it here, because I know we have the clean lyrics listing, but... I'm definitely going to go see Deadpool. Uh, and this is <laughs> this is my wife's choice. We're going to go watch Deadpool, and we are going to come back and we're going to build Legos because we're adults. Okay, so see, I don't feel so bad about my wanting to play video games. No. Um, I mean, honestly, that sounds like a pretty awesome way to to sound, spend Valentine's Day too. So, I mean, all uh, both of our Valentine's days are obviously awesome. Let's just put that out there. Oh yeah, no, it's going to be great. We're we're going to have lunch and then go do all that. Uh, and this was all her pick. I said, what do you want to do? She said, I want to go to the Cheesecake Factory. I want to watch Deadpool and I want to build some Legos. And I was like, sold. <laughs> don't don't twist my arm on this one. I know. You really just don't want to do it. You're just hanging in there. Yeah. I was, oh, man. Girlfriend or wife on Valentine's Day. This is going to suck. Nope. It's going to be great. But we're also, we're doing it today. So uh, I'm not sure if today is going to be busier than tomorrow. Yeah, I I think it's a three day weekend here. I don't know if it's a three day weekend up there. Yes, we uh, we have a holiday on Monday also. Okay, what holiday do you guys have? Uh, I don't know something. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I don't know. I can Google it, but I know we have a holiday. I just don't know what it is. (laughs) Oh, because it's it's like President's Day weekend here. Oh, I'm going to be working on Monday, so I don't have a holiday. (laughs) Oh well, I have a holiday. I just think it's weird. Like if you guys have President's Day too, I'm a little confused. No, no, it's something that, uh, as far as I'm, my understanding is, it's something that we have in some of the provinces up here, but not, so it's probably something a little bit obscure. Okay, good enough. Way to go, Canada, keeping it weird. Yep. All right, that is going to do it for our show today. Kat, tell them where to find you. You can find me on Instagram at CatSylvania, K-A-T-S-E-L-V-A-N-I-A. And you can find me at Johnny underscore Ayuchi at Instagram, and you can also find me at GameOverJohnny.com. 
All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, Have a good Valentine's Day. It'll be over by the time you hear this, but I hope it went well.